And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Welcome to Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. I'm Mike Sweeney, and I'm here with... Jesse Gaskell. Hello, Jesse. Hello. We are writers for Conan. Yes. For television, for right. web. We're, we're available for hire, it sounds like <laughs> to me. It sounds like a plea for work. Um, yeah, we work for Conan, and this season on Inside Conan, we're covering his uh, Conan on the Road. So anytime... He left the studio. Mm-hmm. That's just him driving home. Exactly. His commute. That's right. We'll talk we, about it. We covered traffic on the 405 to <laughs> Sunset Boulevard. And uh, yeah, the whole gamut, just uh, remotes, um, travel shows, international mm-hmm. or national, like going to a city for a week, Atlanta, Chicago. Yeah. You name it. We've got it all. Oh, yes. And uh, we do our own bit of traveling. That's too. right. Yes. We don't have to be riding Conan's coattails no, all the time. No, no, no. I, I was just. So I um, prefer it. I happened to be in the city of Prague. Yeah. We were visiting friends who were working there, and they said, oh, we, we were invited to a St. Patrick's Day open house, <laughs> which is already a great. I never Theme heard for of a party. It is. I, I've never heard of a St. Patrick's event that wasn't in a pub, but there it was in this house. And uh, I met someone uh, who knows you. You, I, I know. you know so many people. That's so cool. I yeah. Love, I love the. His name is Craig. Yeah, Craig Anthony Reichel. I, I only learned his he first name. He works so, for the embassy there. He worked, yes, for yeah. the U.S. embassy. Yeah. And he was he was a very charming. I like to nice, get to know ambassadors all yeah. over the world. And I, but I, I was talking to him for half an hour, and I didn't know that he knew you till after two days later. <laughs> someone said, "Oh, he he went to school with Jesse." Yeah. But so wait, you went to and you went to college with him? And yeah, you, we were. You we traveled studied abroad, abroad together. Yeah. Where, where was that? We studied abroad in Chile. Wow. Yeah, in, in Valparaíso, Chile. Okay. And it was wonderful. I mean, I love I love Chile, and it's. A gorgeous Man. place, but it was fun. I mean, we had a very close knit little group there, and yeah. we we had all, we already knew each other from school too. Okay, um, and our then, bonds were cemented there. Did you? So were you already pals and said, "Hey, why don't we study? Why don't we both apply to Chile?" Yeah, we were pals because he we had the same major, which was oh. called International Development Studies. Oh, and basically, he did the only thing you can do with that major, which is go into the foreign service, go into the state, yeah, and, and work, work for in the, the State, state Department. Department. Yeah, and he that was kind of my idea too. That was that that was basically he's living my parallel life, right? But in both versions of my sliding doors, we meet you. Isn't That's, that weird? Well, but you went into a job where you do a ton of travel. Yeah. So it kind of did all play out yes, in yeah. a way. Because you, you work on all the Conan international mm-hmm. travel shows. And I, I do think all of your your travel experience kind of is, I think that's how, comes yeah, to that, the fore that put on me those up trips. for those shows in the first place. And yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. I, I love doing it. It's, it's truly the thing that I, if I was to make a vision board... Right. It would be doing travel and comedy together. Well, I think, yeah, I would think he'd rather be doing what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, would you, like, looking back now? Oh, no, I have no regrets. Okay, good. Oh, God, no. Okay, good. Because No, would... no, no. It's just, I, I it, you know, at the time, I didn't know that this 
was an option right. for me. No. I no. definitely would have picked this. It didn't exist. No. <laughs> we we, we kind of had to make it up. We invented it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's just, you know, you, you never know what you're going to do with your major from college. Right. And this was a particularly obtuse one, so... I know that's a, that's I I never heard of that. I mean, I've heard of yeah. I don't even think it foreign exists development. There it's called foreign, international development. Oh, international yeah. development. Okay, I know. that's nice, man. I never went abroad. I commuted to college, and then so like traveling abroad would be like, and it was in New Jersey. So like oh, yeah. going to Passaic, New Jersey, <laughs> for the weekend would be like culture shock. Oh uh, yes, I I went over to Essex County as well. <laughs> And what was your undergraduate major? Uh, wow. <laughs> History. Oh, okay. And yeah. I minored in music and English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, cool. Yeah, yeah, I minored yeah. in Spanish and music. You're fluent in Spanish. Well, I'm terrible languages. But you were, but you know English. I don't. Yeah, you've heard me on here. I don't. I don't pronounce my H's. I'm, I'm Joe Mumblemouth. It's awful. It's. But well, anyway, I think that's interesting because people probably wonder yeah. if we if you needed to have studied film to do right. to work in this business. You know, I um my son was thinking of majoring in film, and I, mm-hmm. I've heard all different types of advice on that. But the advice I've heard is, hey, undergraduate. Like just learn, yeah, like learn do liberal a subject arts subject that you like, or and learn just learn as get gather as much mm-hmm. knowledge, diverse knowledge as you can, and then when you when you're 22 or 23, if you then you still want to go into the movies, then you could yeah. get into the nuts and bolts of making a film. Mm-hmm. And now I would even go further and say, yes, get a different career completely, right? Become a lawyer or a doctor, right, right. Specialize in that, become yes. a very specific kind yes. of brain surgeon, okay, and then in your 30s decide to write a show oh, and pitch right. a drama about your time there. And right. you'll be a lot more successful that way. I There are so many ex-lawyers who work yes. on legal shows. They do, I know. What David E. Kelly, right? Famously yes. was a, a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. I know, and I, I know a ton too. Yeah. It's a, it's a, there's like a direct path from. Well, so many people go to law school as a default, like smart, just yeah. people who are like, I don't know what I want to do when I grow mm-hmm. up and they're, Parents are like, "What are you doing? Get out of the yeah. and so." And then they, yeah, they they and they realize put they off going into showbiz. Yeah, uh, I like that advice. Um, yes, more brain. <laughs> no, no one could get brain surgery because everyone's writing scripts. All the surgeons, right? Yeah, <laughs> they're all writing pilots. Uh-huh. It's all yeah. it's all falling apart anyway. Um. So, speaking of. Oh, oh, I'm excited for this segue. <laughs> I'm of, so, I've never, because you. Speaking you, of brain surgery. Yeah. <laughs> you know when you need brain surgery? Yeah. It's when you fall and hit your head. Right. You you could get a concussion. Yes. Right. And there's so many different ways to slip and fall. There are, and one famously popular way to slip and fall is on spilled nuts. Peanuts. Specifically peanuts. Right. Still in their shell. And our guest today made <laughs> careers out of slipping and falling. That was their whole on career. Peanuts. Yes. yes. <laughs> the, the slip nuts are here today. I swear the to God. Slip nuts. Please remain seated at home. <laughs> we got we gathered all three of them. We did. This is which really, is tough. really fun. I know. Because they're scattered to the winds now. They don't they all are. like back when on late night when the slip nuts were on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all writers on the show, and they all—it was easy to get them in. One they room were in the same room. They were all, already there. They by 
th- their jobs required them to be in a room together. Yeah. And now, uh, you know, one they hadn't of the- seen each other in a, a long time. Yeah, yeah. It was fun to to uh, get the old Slipknot gang back together. Yeah. So those writers are Brian Stack, Andy Blitz, and John Glazer, and they're all here talking Slipknots and uh, the fake tribute album that. The Slipknots right. recorded with real musicians, John Mayer, Patti Smith, and Coldplay. Yep. And it's kind of unbelievable, the reach that the Slipknots I had. know, I know. And the big concert they did when they actually opened for the Slipknots in New Jersey, which— Opened for Slipknot. A Slipknot. Yeah. Did I say they opened for Slipknot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're a tribute band. Slipknot opened for the Slipknots. I wonder— I wonder if there are Slipknots tr- tribute bands out there. Oh. That- <laughs> if you're out there doing it— uh, Sure. I want to know how lucrative it is. So here they are. Say hello to Brian, John, and Andy. Um, Well, I guess I guess we should identify who's speaking. That's that um was Andy Blitz. Uh, It's always the um is always Andy Blitz. Usually, I like to say um. And this is Brian with the uh, dorky Midwestern blend of <laughs> accents. Yeah, no, no problem. Hey, this is uh, Great. this is how I talk. So when you hear his voice, you know it's uh, John Glazer uh, talking. Uh, forget it, buddies. Or, or after each of you talk, I can just go. Said John. <laughs> well, uh, for people who don't know what Slipknots are, why don't we do a quick explanation? Uh, yeah, I would say just. Why are you listening to this podcast? If yeah. You don't know what slipping <laughs> yeah. Why don't you write in for explanation? That's a good that's, question in general. That's more than question. Really, like, <laughs> why are we talking about why? If you don't know slip nuts and you're listening to this podcast, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> right. Stop listening. Mm-hmm. Or hosting it. <laughs> so slip nuts appeared first in 2001. Yeah. Uh. Right. Uh, it was the most significant thing to happen in 2001, I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. In, in New York City. Yeah. Let's be more specific. Every year they still mark the uh, uh-huh. premiere of the Slipknots <laughs> with a ceremony. Exactly. Never forget. Yeah. The reading, the reading of the three names. <laughs> but ba- the basic premise was Slipknot was booked on the show and Conan said he had also accidentally booked the Slipknots a comedy troupe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember the night before, it was really late. We didn't have a middle of the show bit and it came up kind of like a lot of our favorite bits, almost out of desperation <laughs> and sleep deprivation. Like it, it was just like, I think we were looking at the board to see who was on the show the next day. And that's how I, I vaguely remember it. And it just being like, being everybody's really tired and just like, oh, what if there's like a group called the Slip Nuts? <laughs> like that's sort of how I remember. I don't know if you guys remember yeah. more details. I don't. Uh, I've always, I always draw a blank. I'm like, who thought of that? Was it? And so if it was, that makes sense though. Unless I'm just not remembering correctly. Well, I, I think Sweeney, you told us the room. Don't bother pitching anything that that, that we're <laughs> not going to be talking about in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I was, that's, how I ran a that lot of pressure every day. And it, it only happened once. <laughs> I do remember we were in your office, Mike. I remember we were sitting in your right. office when it the idea yes. developed, and we were just. And I do remember staring at the cards on the wall to see who the guests were. And I remember thinking we just sort of started uh, brainstorming, and it was just such a, like a lot of my favorite stuff. It was just kind of an accident, you know. Yeah. No, I, the sign of desperation. <laughs> 
would be when all the eyes in the writer's room would turn <laughs> to who the guests yeah. were on the board for the week. Because <laughs> there were other bits. There was like double letter. Remember, there was like someone noticed a lot of the guests one week had double letters and like oh god you know daryl dawkins like like and so dawkins. It was like the, well i don't know that's what i do he, 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 he was a regular whenever we he had was a the first dropped. sir charles barkley <laughs> he was the al roker dream, dream guest <laughs> but that was born the night before and then the next day we're doing you know it's double letter week on oh Conan boy. and this was oh boy it's right well this was the double same letter week the same sounds thing. great I love that Jesse's right that's our next look well back. I think like with with Slipknot's or the FedEx Pope or John doing the little Clinton, John doing the little Clinton puppet that we had in the office. That was another thing that was yeah. literally just screwing around in Mike's office. Yeah, yeah. and then, uh, we're like, let's put that on the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people, especially uh, after the whole Clinton scandal and around the 2000 election, you know, companies would send their comedy merchandise. <laughs> oh God! Without. Anyone at requesting it? Ooh, like you know, exclusive access. Yeah, <laughs> right. So they sent this awful Clinton puppet that Glazer started, <laughs> like at ten o'clock at night. Would do. He had his arms around. He had his arms around two young monologues. women, and John would John would <laughs> kind of turn the puppet so that it was looking at one of the women, going, "Hey, in that rat, girls." In that rat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was so stupid. <laughs> I I love that it actually. And at ten p.m. at night, it, that. It, that's what kind of went like you knew to wait till we were all. Yeah. There was just a long <laughs> lag in the meeting to, to whip out that puppet. Yeah. Was that before the 2000 election that you started in? Did that change the course of history? Doing that puppet? <laughs> oh, it may have. <laughs> That's what started. I, then it was a big jump. That's the whole thing is the jump from like stuff that's just inside jokes in the writer's room to like, should we try to put this on the show? <laughs> and that was one. I think you did it maybe for Conan a few times in the office, maybe. Or had he not seen it till you I don't think he'd seen it till rehearsal. The puppet. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. But uh, that, yeah, a lot of, a lot of the, my favorite stuff that I look back on most fondly, though, was just like late night desperation. Yeah. <laughs> right. Slipknots, we wanted to go home. That's it yes. was very right. late. Yes. I remember. <laughs> and that's one of those things where you're like, it just might work. <laughs> Everyone in the room laughed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even if it doesn't, we'll have something to rehearse. So let's if do it. If it had been Daryl Dawkins instead of Slipknot, oh, we'd be talking about Daryl Pecans right now. Exactly. Less people know who Daryl Dawkins is and Slipknot. Well, he would have named one of his dunks Slipknots. <laughs> I love that an idea that was based on basically no idea at all. Later, we ended up doing a reunion show at San Francisco Sketch Fest where they wanted us to do like an hour and a half show. And we're like, you know, that the whole bit is that there's no idea there. There's no bit. Right. And it ended up being a really fun show anyway. But I love that it was right. based on nothing, really. And it uh, that it ended up having that kind of longevity is really nice. <laughs> I just going to say, I was reading up about that San Francisco Sketchfest reunion in 2014, which you're right, was 13 years after the sketches <laughs> aired, which, you know, is that had to be kind of, was it a little surreal for you guys to have this sketch you only did basically three times, maybe four, <laughs> have... Just take off. Yeah, I don't know how, like what, what, I don't know what the total count of Slipknot's appearances 
fun going. I don't going. either. A lot more than that. I, I think it was more than three or four. Even if yeah, because like we did a we did enough of them where pe- so many people know about it. <laughs> You know, and their fact, like, right. I was, one of my favorite things is because sometimes I'll just talk about slip nuts for no reason. <laughs> sure. on, the fl- on a flight across the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> I used to be a slip nut. I used to be a slip nut. Recognize the sweater vest? <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it's your uh, pilot speaking. Uh, I just want to let everyone know we're fortunate to have one of the slip nuts on board. <laughs> but, we, we, we've, but we've all been recognized as like slip like like from the slip nuts and my my favorite one right i think stack after work you went to like some irish bar yeah right near 30 rock and the bartender's like looking at you right and they yeah. did me say like a thick irish accent like i recognize you <laughs> one of, you're one of the slip nuts <laughs> that's 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 verbatim that's exactly what he said it was great because like most of the time if i did bits on the show i was wearing wigs and hats and crazy stuff and in the slip nuts i basically looked yeah. like myself we all did so that was yeah that was one of the few times i got recognized in the city it was really he's like oh no you're one of the slip nuts he's like, <laughs> it was great exactly it like I, I love, too, that it was um, one of my favorite bits we did was the uh, tribute album mm-hmm. uh, where we had. But it <laughs> took incredible. about a year. It was so fun, but it it ended up taking over a year, I think, to get all the musical guests. Over a year. We, we got the first one, I think, was like uh, Steve Winwood or whatever uh, did it right away, right after being asked, I think. And then we're yeah. like, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to get nothing but yeses on this bit. Well, we, then, got, uh, it, we actually right. got two right away. We got Steve Winwood and then Patty Smith. They were the wow. first two people we asked. Oh, that's right. And they both said yes. So we're just like, if Steve Winwood and Patty Smith are doing it, like who who is yeah. going to turn this down? <laughs> well, it's one of those things now where Jim Pitt, the music booker, could use those mm-hmm. two names to get other people to say yes. So it seemed like yeah. it'd be an, it'd just be a piece of a cakewalk. Yeah. Dunk, a dunk, 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 I, dunk. I, when John Mayer, when John Mayer shot his version, I really briefly said, Hey, thank you so much for doing this. And he said, I'll never forget this. He goes, were you in T copywriter cage match? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, I said, no, I wasn't, but it's one of my favorite bits. And it was John Glazer, obviously. And uh, Brian McCann. Right. And I love that he remembered a bit that I love, (laughs) but I love that, you know, you're asking this musical guy to do a thing and he, and I love when, um, we've talked about this before, but I love when cool musical acts would mention really obscure bits. Like when Jack White was on the show and he saw Andy Blitz in the hall and he said, you're Leonard Diesel. You know, which was, (laughs) Andy was playing uh, Vin Diesel's less less intimidating, far less intimidating brother, Leonard. And um, I just right. love- Who's also an action. Yeah, which I love. And I just love that Jack White was thrilled yeah. to see Leonard Diesel. Like he was. <laughs> yeah. So that was a real treat. I remember hearing, I don't, Andy, I don't know if you were the one that asked Dolly Parton, but I love her response. I thought you did. I can't remember. Or maybe, or did we ask Debbie one? I can't remember that. Well, I love that Dolly Parton's response from what I was told was, I'm sorry, I don't understand the bit. And if I, I don't feel, com- and she said, I don't feel comfortable doing something I don't understand. That's and I was like, I thought it was so s- appropriate response. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Like, yeah. we didn't yeah. understand it. So, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, it's a ride at Dollywood. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just love how honest she was and how sweet she was in yeah. saying no. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, then then it became all of a sudden a slog, right? Like, do you remember? Do you remember other big no? Like, I would almost love. I'd almost be more proud of the all the people who said no than the yeses in a way. You know what? Also, we had shown. I think we had had uh, we had a, a good video package that was edited that included Steve Winwood's performance and Patty Smith's performance, which were great because they both uh-huh. like, played it straight. They both had just like right um, great comedy instincts to just play the slipping on nuts like it was you know a great song. Um, right. So the White Stripes, they were. I was watching the video with them, and they were both loving it. And Jack and Meg White were just like laughing and and crying, laughing. And they were just like, yeah, no, we're not going to do this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but we really enjoyed watching it. Really? Okay. I'm surprised. It was like, he was just like, I will do comedy bits and then I will play music, but I will not do music as comedy. Hmm. Oh, I, interesting. I think maybe he's softened up the policy since then, but it was just like uh. music was religion. So it's just oh. like you can't you can't mock it. It's like, I had all these years. Right. I never knew that that he uh, that that was his response. I I remember when they were on the sh- remember they were on the show for a week. It was oh. really fun. They were on the show every Fantastic. day and they played a song. And it's just like Blitz is saying. He was like, "I'm open to like pitch me comedy bits." But I remember pitching them to him. He was very. I, I remember thinking like for such a young guy and who's a musician, he was very particular about the comedy stuff he would do. I, I remember being impressed yeah. by that. But I remember also I asked uh, Neil Young. Mm-hmm. I pitched it to Neil Young. Right. Who has like a, a, yes. a track record of rejecting comedy. I think I think, I think yes. Smigel drove him to uh, distraction <laughs> at some point. I I I remember, yes, Triumph. We went up to ask him after he rehearsed for a performance on SNL if he would do do a cameo in a Triumph press conference bit. But anyway, tell us about, about Neil Young. Did- no, he did do a couple, a bit or two. Like, yeah. I remember him doing a bit in Joel's booth uh, where he was uh, right. mouthing along with what Joel's announcement was or something. But yeah, I we we also pitched him Celebrity Secrets, but I think there was one in there about Kent State that I think really upset him. Oh, no. oh, I know what it was. And, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I think, yeah, it I was, think Michael <laughs> Gordon wrote it. I think. <laughs> And it was like, every time I think about Kent State, I still get so mad. How could they lose to Bowling Green when they were up four in the fourth quarter or something like that? I don't know. Oh, wow. I, I don't, I, I believe uh, it didn't even get to Neil Young. I think his manager is just like, you're out of your fucking mind if you think I'm showing him this. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. They got mad on his yeah. behalf. Um, speaking of people rejecting uh, secrets, which is Glazer, is that your, I think you picked secrets, right? Are you the, I don't remember. I mean, I can't I thought remember. It I thought it was that. like a, maybe me and Gordon or somehow. Yeah. I can't remember exactly how secrets but, uh, came. Uh, I, I don't uh, remember. I ended up doing like the secrets voice, but I don't know if it was my bit, but maybe it was, I, I had, I had pitched something where we gave William Shatner sodium pentothal and he was revealing like as a truth serum. And then it, I think it morphed into a much better idea with the, with the group kicking it around into secrets where they're willingly revealing it. But I think it was originally oh. going to be like truth, a truth serum uh. joke, but it was, uh, it turned into something so much better because it was just people 
you know, sitting in a room willingly revealing the secrets. I think Gene Simmons uh, from Kiss was on, and I I wrote one for him where he was going to say secrets, and then he would go like, I'm not related to Richard Simmons, but he is my contact person in case of emergency. (laughs) And he's like, I'm not doing that. And we're like, why not? He's like, no free rides. (laughs) That's right. He did not want to give publicity. He didn't want to mention Richard Simmons' Mm -hmm. name. Not enough attention to go around. No free rides. I think he only ended up doing one secret that he was willing to do, and it was a dirty one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, now. And or no, he did a few, but they were all, they weren't good. Yeah. And then I went and talked to him. I'm like, this is, you're like reporting back that he's saying no free rides. It's like, wait, what? He also, so don't write Billy Balatino, one of our ADs, Billy Balatino, asked him for an autograph and he said, sure, $5. And we thought it was a <laughs> right. joke. Oh. And, he, and he was serious. Right. He wanted $5. <gasps> Reminds me, um, Billy wanted his photo with him and he said, five bucks. <laughs> But then it, he he went on about the no free rides. He goes, he goes. Other famous people are allowed to mention me as uh, much as they like. That's fine. That's their prerogative. He goes, but for me to give them free publicity, no free rides. Well, so that's yeah. the origin because I've been hearing you say no free rides in the writers' room for years, sweetie. Is that that's the origin? Uh, of yeah. <laughs> yeah. It all comes from the great yes. Gene Simmons. Who we're, we've now given lots of free rides on this podcast. Yes. I think even Conan told that story <laughs> in his podcast because it just kind of became our show's Gene. Gene, like if Gene Simmons' name comes mm-hmm. up, it's the no free ride story. Oh. But that's, oh. I did not know it was off of a Blitz joke. That's very, that's a fun new detail. That's what's interesting about it. I mean, it's so hard to remember the origins of things. Yeah. And it's, it's so much of it is right. a nugget that someone says that someone else runs with. There is like in writers, in the writer's rooms, there's so many times like one writer will come up with, you know, um, kind of a basic, the gist of the idea. And then someone else will do a twist on it that that everyone is like, oh, yes, yes, that's it. And then sometimes it's like, all right, go go write it. And it's to the person who twisted it. And then I I I, I think like the person who came up with the original thing is just like, hey, wait a minute, what about, I, I kind of got the ball rolling. But usually I think it would be like, okay, both of you. Yeah, or I was going to say the opposite going, where you know, usually. someone would make it funny and then you'd still have to write it you're right. And it's like, well, no, this, I'm not the one that pitched the funny part. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Right, right, right. I remember uh, with, um, there's that outtake too of Trump doing secrets where he <sighs> couldn't help but do his little Trumpy additions to it, like where he poured the water on the table. Right. And uh, oh, then yeah. he said, what do you think? They, I thought that was very funny. What do you think? <laughs> it's just like I was know. there and I was there and you know what it was funny <laughs> <laughs> he's got the goods you know listen he listen he is a he's a fucking scumbag I hope he goes to jail but what he did back then it, listen that was funny <laughs> <laughs> the guy was spinning gold your gold <laughs> and and I love the writer in the background who he's accosting is Andrew Weinberg. I, I, if you know Andrew, it's just, he he's just, oh, God. he's so deadpan. <laughs> he, he's just like, he's like, yeah, you didn't, Trump goes, you didn't think of that one, did you? And he's like, no, sir, we did not. <laughs> <laughs> and then that ended up, uh, we watched it in rehearsal and put it in the credit bed of the show that night. That's great. 
because it was so, it was just so preposterous. And, and it was our, it was our warning to anyone who stayed up for the credits to say, is this guy <laughs> presidential material? Going back to Slipnuts. Oh yeah, right. Ah, oh yes, the purpose, the purpose of today's. Well, I loved, I, we haven't <laughs> talked about when you guys opened for Slipknot at oh. the Continental Arena. I think that's amazing. How did that? That was so surreal. Well, it was weird because, like, I remember uh, it got pitched to the band, and I, I never at the time I didn't know what the band thought of our bit, so I didn't know until years later. John sent me a link where an interview uh, with the lead singer of Slipknot, where he said how how funny he thought the bit was, but we didn't know. I didn't know that until years after we did open for them at the show. So it was so nice to hear that they thought the bit was funny because I didn't honestly know what the band thought of it. Oh, they but, didn't uh, say anything that, that night. No, they were in their masks and they walked past us and they were going on stage and kind of in their persona. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know if they want us here or if they're <laughs> if this was their manager's idea. <laughs> but I'm glad to hear that they liked it, you know. I do remember right before we ran on stage, one of the stage managers saying, Okay, guys, be careful out there. These fans throw batteries at the bands they <laughs> like. <laughs> and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, just be up, just keep moving, be a hard target. <laughs> I, I remember we went on right really after that. I was like, I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose an eye tonight, and it's sure. gonna be worth it. Yeah, <laughs> we could edit, we could edit around it. Yeah, we were, we were. Uh, I remember we went on after the opening act, which was Lamb of God. Who are these like, had these very like cookie monster type vocals, like, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And then uh, we go, we go running out there with the fans and we were, uh, we were kind of half afraid that they were going to find it funny and kind of laugh and enjoy it. And right. luckily they hated us just as much as we hoped they would. <laughs> right. I, I just wondered that because in the, in the piece that aired, you know, they're booing and they're flipping you off. And I didn't know, you know, sometimes we kind of fudge that in editing, like, oh, maybe they were laughing and we had to insert the boos, but they really were booing. That's how yeah. I remember it. <laughs> and I remember Andy saying, I wish we'd done this, but Andy said, we should have run out for an encore. And I really wish we had. Uh, yeah. uh, what, I, what, what would we I, have performed for the encore, I, though? Good question. Same song. On Macadamia notes. It was, it was funny, too, because I remember Max coming by backstage for the show, and he brought his son, Jay, who was a big Slipknot fan, Matt, Max, yeah, Max sorry, Weinberg. Max Weinberg and uh, his son Jay. They came by to see the show, like unironically, just as fans. And uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Jay later became the drummer for Slipknot. That's amazing. Which uh, yeah. is amazing. But he was a teenage yeah. fan at the time, and they were. I remember they were raving about the Slipknot drummer Joey Jordison, who passed away a few years ago, sadly. But he was just Max was saying he thought Jody Jordison was one of the best drummers in the world. And uh, they were, they put on an amazing show. I got to say, like, I'm not even a metal guy. And I, we watched part of the show that night when we opened for them and they were fantastic. Yeah, they were, they were really, really fun. They, that was the, the sort of the price for letting us open for them. As they said, we get one of your firstborn. <laughs> exactly. And we're like, well, <laughs> kids with us. Small Max to pay. Our, our, our colleague Max is here with his son. Mm. They took him <laughs> and they they raised him to be in the band. Is he still play with them? Does he still play with them? I think so, but I could be wrong. But I think That's he's so still cool. their drummer. I, you should have had Lamb of God open for you at the uh, <laughs> That would have been great. 
I didn't realize a band opened. I didn't realize a band went on before you guys came. Yeah, wow. that was what made it even crazier. Was that they were waiting for it. They were yeah. really expecting Slipknot to come out. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. So that that's out of the way, and now the be- now Slip. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it was crazy because I'd been to arena shows, but I'd never. I could never imagine what the perspective was from the stage, and to walk to run out onto a stage that size and look out. At a at a room that huge was just it kind of blew my mind when I hit the stage with you guys. And I thought, like, is it going to be like forty percent Slipknot fans, thirty <laughs> percent? So I was a little disappointed <laughs> by the ratio. <laughs> yeah, turns out it was zero yeah. <laughs> percent. I think we should have done like you know, like the Billy Joel, Elton John did their like co-headlining tour. Oh yeah! Oh yeah, no, that would have been awesome. We, we should have done that for a tour. Two two slippers or something. Well, you could do that now, couldn't you? If Slipknot went on tour now, couldn't you reach out to them and say we're willing to? Or open for vice you versa, they no. they could open for you. Or it could sure. even be yeah. like a, a super group, like yeah. where you could merge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slipknots <laughs> with a Z at the end. Well, when you got when you guys did the uh, sketch fest, that that was the entire crowd. It, were you just doing a show of the Slipknots, so the whole crowd was Slipknots? What was fans? great about that was, um, yeah, that it was just a Slipknots show. And when we were right. trying to come up with a show, we were trying to figure out like what the hook was and the premise. I don't know. I'll say the premise of that show was going to be that we were going to come out. And perform slipping on nuts and thank everyone and say good night. And then we were going to get in a big dust up because we were con- contractually obligated to, to do like 90 minutes, or yeah. something, which none of us had noticed. <laughs> so we were just going to be stuck. Like, how now how are we going to fill 90, uh, yeah. 89 minutes and, and 45 right. seconds? But the, the funny thing about it is we were, we were coming up with a few things you know, that we were going to call on to fill the show. But when we were, uh, we were in San Francisco, you know, they, they put us up there and then they loaded us up into the van to take us to the venue, this nice theater, which I don't know how many people were there. It was like 300 people or something like that. And wow. I remember Stack and I were like going down the rundown for what we were going to do. And we realized that we didn't really have enough actually fill 90 minutes (laughs) so not even close i mean the song is 30 seconds long (laughs) and and stack glazer and i we were just kind of like oh like life had imitated art you know this was like wouldn't this be hilarious if the slipknots were so incompetent that they didn't plan for their 90 minute show And then we're like, oh, that's actually, that happens wow. sometimes in life. <laughs> yeah, luckily we yeah. had some good friends to help us out, like Maria Thayer, who sang a song that, mm-hmm. Andy, you wrote it, right? The, We're the Nuts You Slip On. And it was a yes, song it, from the point of view of the nuts. And uh, <laughs> Right. Wow. <laughs> it was a protest song. <laughs> and then we had uh, r- some great comedians like Jackie Cation and uh, Steve Agee uh, and Ron mm-hmm. Funches. And, and Andy Richter came by oh, as wow. a fourth honorary Slipknot to run out with oh, us. Great. And that was really fun. And so that that really helped. Oh, we had great. having friends there to kind of provide some actual uh, comedic entertainment in between the 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 nut slipping was really, really fun. I think <laughs> I think Andy Richter was like um, 
he was sort of like a, a Pete Best of the group, or he, he was like he had been one of those right. nuts who who left right. us before we got big. That's right. I think so. Sort of, we had him come out, yeah. and then I also had a um, a, a tell-all memoir that I, I read. I uh, did a reading uh, excerpt. That's from. right. <laughs> Um, yeah. I had, and I made the video. I, I had opened a Slipnuts like institute or something like that. Oh yeah, oh, that's right. right. Kids. Teaching, <laughs> right teaching kids oh, how yeah. to slip on nuts. John got a bunch of great <laughs> like celebrity cameos for that video too. Like before the that was before the show, right, John? Didn't you get like some amazing people? Megan Mullally and Nick Offerman and Paul Rudd and wow. the, these people that John wow. just yeah, just some amazing uh, people that were nice enough to do little silly little. Uh, a quick little cameo video. It's also fascinating because it's a, a fake comedy group that then got booked and did real comedy shows. And at what point does it become a real comedy group? <laughs> Good What's the difference? I was well, we well, we had that idea because when I was doing a search in my email for like this thread, you know, a bunch of old Slipknot's emails came up. We had that cartoon idea. Oh, that's right. That? Oh, yeah. Oh, like a kid. It's a yeah, kid like show. Yeah, like a Harlem Globetrotters type cartoon. But yeah. it's oh, that's right. It's which I still think would be really funny. <laughs> well, to make. Consider, consider this the pitch. Yeah. 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 Let's yeah. Skip. Yeah. Uh, thank yeah, you yeah. for bringing that up again. Uh, yeah. I yeah. I forgot about that. The fa- the f- if the fans made enough noise. <laughs> Interesting. You have well, to send nuts to Warner Brothers. Yeah. I would love a whole full full length movie at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you did a 90 minute live yeah. show. I will oh say I was you could I was as corny as it sounds, I was so touched by the fans that came to that show and how how, yeah. how nice they were and how enthusiastic they were for this silly bit. I have a logistical question. What uh, what kind of nuts did you use? Was it specifically peanuts? Was it a mixed nuts? Shelled it was peanuts. Shelled peanuts. Yeah. I, they oftentimes were in the shell, if I remember right. They they would break and you'd see the shell right. on the stage. But uh, I think it probably it varied, was, but I remember I them being... always shelled peanuts. Yeah, that was shell. part of it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as yeah, I, with the shell, yeah. tell people all the time that it, you know, because they, they don't understand the, sh- the shell... Yellow the peanut has like a natural kind of webbing pattern. Mm. So they're just like, that should give you extra traction. So I call bullshit on slipping on nuts. And I say, you're, oh, you're, you're a truther. You're truly a fucking conspiracy theorist. The well, they're very, community. yeah. I mean, and these guys are just exhausting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the shell of a, a nut is of course very fragile and inside it, is the nut itself, which is extremely slippery. Slippery nut. Exactly. Uh, you guys, I, I think, could get together and, like, you could do maybe PSAs or, or corporate gigs for the peanut industry. Let's do maybe, it. Or, yeah. or maybe for um, President Carter's birthday. You know, you, We usually don't do political stuff. You know, we've turned down a few right. inaugurations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Carter's 100th, we would do. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's just being patriotic. That's yeah, that's patriotic. One thing I noticed when watching some of the old clips was that John's hair, like I love in like a few of them, <laughs> your hair was absolutely enormous, John. Like it was just, right. <laughs> and then other times it would be nicely close and cropped like it is now. But like I remember yeah. a few of them, I was like, wow, it was really big. Gigantic. <laughs> yeah, that was at its height. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you peeked at the chat, but we have a list of all your appearances. Do you want to, without peeking, do you want to guess how many uh, times? I just looked. Good question. I didn't look. You motherfucker. I did not I'm going to guess six appearances. Okay, somebody looked. 
I didn't look. <laughs> yeah, six. Know. No, I'm yeah. joking. Six. Was it really? Wow, yeah. I thought it would have been a little more, what? but no, that's I'm trying to think. That's what you want well, to there think. was one. There was like uh I think the follow-up was when They Might Be Giants was on. That might have been the second. Right. And we they were there. That was the second. They might be slipknuts. Because <laughs> oh, we were right. we were so traumatized by the accident, by the accidental booking that we changed our name to oh, avoid that. Right. And then by coincidence. Um and there was another where we had like gone our solo projects and then reunited. And if you watch that, we actually we it's the one we don't have uh, our real names. I hadn't seen that in years, and, and then uh, <laughs> somebody posted, and I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, we just all had like Slipknot George, Slipknot oh, really? William." Oh wow! <laughs> oh um, wow! I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember that either. It's just so someone I think posted it's on it. YouTube or something. And then my favorite in that is, okay. is uh, Glazer is. Like when, like one of his solo projects, or what he did while he was while the band had broken up a little bit, is he went to outer space with like Russian cosmonauts, maybe the space station, <laughs> and somebody somebody tells a joke in Russian, and they all laugh. <laughs> Glazer is cracking up with them. Uh, <laughs> that's good. God. Oh, I remember. Uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, ah, I don't remember. Well, then there was. Uh, Opening for for uh, Slipknot and then the the tribute. I don't know what right. the sixth one was. The best of Slipknot's DVD. Uh, oh yes, right. I'm just there looking at the go. chat. Okay. <laughs> I've had ever since it came up. I've just had the Steve Winwood version in my head since we <laughs> talked about that because his is really good. Yeah, oh, boy. Well, Slipknot. <laughs> Just the end, like you know, the bass plays. Oh god damn it. I love I love that Los Lobos did a Spanish language version too, because they uh they basically they said, We'll just play it to the tune of Don't Worry Baby, and we're like, do whatever you want. We just we're just glad you're here. So much low slip nuts. Yeah. Just do it in Spanish. Was um I mean that was one of the highlights of my career is uh, oh that was yeah. the best pretty cool she, but she i i was just debbie i think debbie wonder was it just called like hey patty can you come into patty's dressing room for a minute on the sixth floor and i walked in and it was just me and her and her guitar and she just played me her cover of the song uh. and she was just <laughs> singing singing the slipknot song right to me <laughs> and i was just thinking like is this what it was for like springsteen to hear or do her version of because the night. <laughs> well it was i mean uh we kind of like we're trying you know there's always time pressure on the show but she had this she added lyrics and stuff like that and it was just like we are the slip nuts we're slipping on nuts <laughs> and it was like we clown around the grounds something like that and, and it was like we are the slip nuts is that so fucking wrong? <laughs> I, and I was just like, that's very good. I like that. She, yeah, she was, what blew me away most was like, she. I always had this image of her as being this very intimidating, you know, kind of rock goddess, you know, just like real street tough and everything. Yeah. And she was walking around so sweet to everyone that she was almost like someone who's, whose dad had brought 
his daughter to work. She looked kind of shy and sweet. And she was like, can I sit at the desk? Like, can I sit down at the desk and stuff? And, and she was just uh-huh. so shy and sweet that I was, it was just a reminder that a lot of times people are so different from their stage persona. You know, mm-hmm. she was, she couldn't have been sweeter. And um, I was not expecting that <laughs> at all. The day that I, I had stacked with coffee, which was before the pandemic. Wait, I had coffee had, with stack. Mm. <laughs> no, stack sorry, I'm coffee. That, that would I'm be crazy. Like, uh, uh, I was going for my coffee. I was like, maybe I'll have some stack with my coffee. Yeah, I'm like the biscotti of. <laughs> but I saw Patty Smith later that day in the village. Oh my god! Just ran into her. Yeah, and then I was going to. I was actually going to see Glazer doing a show in Brooklyn that I was I was going to uh, see. So I was like, oh, I'm going to see uh, both Flipnuts, fellow Flipnuts, on the same day. And then in the middle of it, I saw Patty Smith. But I. I was too shy. I was going to go like, you sang my song. You sang our song. (laughs) Maybe she was too shy to go up to you. It sounds like it. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh my God. He's one of the flip (laughs) nuts. Do you think he remembers me? One of the flip nuts. (laughs) If only I had. He remembers me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. There he is. If only only I was uh, as forward as an Irishman. (laughs) (laughs) I recognize you. (laughs) Yes, if on that. You sang this. <laughs> you threw in that. Is that so fucking wrong? <laughs> you turned it into a protest gem. Um, oh, but I also asked um, Joel to do it. Billy Joel? Like, Billy Joel, yeah. He's like, Don't should I do this? I don't know. Man, I, maybe I'll do it. And uh, it's one of the only times a publicist has been helpful. And she was just like, this is really funny. You should do it. Because he didn't quite understand it like Dolly Parton, but his publicist, I think, was lobbying him. And then he's just like, I'm not going to do it. Um, And then the only other time in my life saw Billy Joel in person was two days later after that. (laughs) I I went, I ran to him literally in an Italian restaurant. And and he had just rejected me (laughs) for some months. I'm like, hey, hello again. And uh, no idea who I was. (laughs) Two ideas, two days later. I don't know. I reject. I reject all kinds of comedy bets. Um, oh, did you pit? Did you pitch it to him? In, yeah. Was he on the yeah. show? I don't remember him being on the show. I don't remember that. So you went in and pitched I that did, to yeah. him in person, or I, I pitched it to him in person. Okay. I um. Ugh. For you too. I had uh, Jim Pitt do it. I I I wanted you to. You two was playing Madison Square Garden, and then they did an entire show. Conan show, and I, and I right. I had uh, asked right. Pitt to pitch them to sing the Slipknot song at the Garden for their fans. <laughs> sure, oh just oh, like man. Bono, like <laughs> leaning into it, melodramatic and everything. Oh my god, that would have been fucking incredible. <laughs> right? Oh man, oh my god, and they did it. <laughs> yeah. Right? We just forgot. Uh, to use we it. looked at it and we're just like, ah, it's cleaner without it. <laughs> it was garbage. You know, pitching something and having someone shoot you down, like. There's so many different ways people say no. Like there's, there's so many polite ways. And then I love when they just go, uh, no. <laughs> like I, yeah. I remember Ringo was on, on the TBS show and there was an idea and Conan really liked it. I think it was that Ringo was going to sit in with the band and you, and then you cut to Ringo playing, trying to play trumpet and um, <laughs> he pitched it. He's like, you know, let me pitch it to Ringo. And it was fun to be in the room and see like Conan being 
he, he, he could tell he was a little oh, yeah. nervous, you know, it's like, because here was somebody with with a much <laughs> higher, you know, with higher status, you, you could say, being a Beatle. And Ringo was just like, the second Conan barely got the pitch out, Ringo goes, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I think I think Conan said he saw Ringo in the hallway too, and someone walked up, yeah. uh, either asking for an autograph or a photo, and he said, right. I hate to do this. And he said, Ringo said, no, you don't. <laughs> like, like, let's just be honest you don't right. hate to do this it, right, right. it happens to Ringo so often I'm sure that he right. just, it's like no oh, you and, don't and Ringo is totally <laughs> jovial too like he had a smile on his face before the pitch like yes like he gets he might get 20 comedy pitches a day. That's what it seems like. He was just like, nope, I'm not doing this one either. I turned down the trombone. I'm not going to do the right. trumpet either. I think I remember hearing that wasn't Cheryl Crow pitch the Slipknuts song too? And there was some, the uh, first they thought they were, she was going to do it and then that got turned down. I don't know if you remember that, Andy. That sounds I right, did. yeah. Stack, I, you might have been there when Danny Harrison was on the show. I, I remember he was on... Uh, he was a giant... Speaking of musicians who are giant comedy nerds, oh my God, he was quoting was Danny Harrison chapter well, and verse. Um, Harrison's George son. Harrison's son. Yeah, I think I think you mentioned that he like he and the guys in his band liked inappropriate or something. Like <laughs> I don't remember, but that that was always, old, that is old satellite TV <laughs> that you did. It's a classic. Inappropriate. Sorry. <laughs> Just wanted to say it once. Yeah, yeah, Tommy. I remember Tommy coming in with the concept for that, and then we were kicking around ideas for for beats for it in in John and Tommy's office. And uh, I remember just hearing the way Tommy said "inappropriate" on the uh, recording just sounded so fun. Inappropriate. <laughs> that was. Uh, yeah. It's so weird. You never know what's going to catch on with anybody, and that what was, was the guy's name. Clive like Clemens. <laughs> Well, the funny thing was, I originally was thinking we'd get like a real skinny, like Steve Vai type poison guitar player. And Tommy goes, no, you're doing it. And I said, uh, <laughs> but I'm so like, I'm so white and pasty. And he goes, it's going to be, then we'll make him British. It's the Clive Clemens. In a- <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, but it, I, God bless Tommy for insisting that I be the, because I thought it was going to be like kind of a metal, a cool looking guy. And he's like, no, not cool. <laughs> Are you it's the real true Brian Stack. Yeah, I got cut, cut loose. Let my true insanity I, out. What I was going to ask, just because we have the three of you guys together, do you each, and maybe this is a horrible question, but do you each have a favorite bit that one of the other of, of you guys did, apart from Slipknot, back on Late Night? This is like at a political debate when they ask you to like, Say something <laughs> nice. Right. You you each have thirty seconds. <laughs> You're saying or, our you know, favorite our favorite bit. Yeah, of the, like of, a, of a, the a other guys. Stack. Yeah, I always loved. Uh, I don't know if you ever did this in the show, Blitz. The the what's that? The how to be a millionaire or who wants to be a millionaire? Or whatever. You know how oh, you, the idea that where you knew the answer because you knew the answer, your meandering way around it would be just insane. Right. Yes, yeah, so that was a stand-up bit. That was um, <clears throat> it was about like because they 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 encourage them to talk through when they're trying yes. to figure out the answers. But uh, what I loved is that if you get the answer right, you you get it correct and you keep going, and you could say anything. And I, I can't remember exactly what it, it was. Just sort of like 
somebody you could you could do whatever. So you could tell, let's say, like if it was who was the American president during World War II, and it was like Lincoln, FDR, Truman, or Nixon, just being like, well, no, because I know Nixon was the first black president, and that, <laughs> that wasn't there weren't that happened after World War II. <laughs> I actually really wanted to uh, try to go on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and then just do that oh. and force Regis to like react to my doing. That would be legendary. <laughs> <you> legendary. Sure? <laughs> I always um, loved. Uh, I think so many bits of these guys killed me, but like one thing that always comes to mind is Andy doing the apartment remote with Conan, where he went looking for an apartment. Uh, I also always love the chanting guy, you know, who had really long winded <laughs> chants yeah. that, that couldn't possibly catch on with people. And like, I feel like, like I showed Let's... that to my son recently. <laughs> yeah. chanting guy. I love that. And John, I, so many classic bits, but I, a teacup yard, a cage match, which John Mayer <laughs> mentioned, I said earlier was one of my favorites, uh... but I also love some of the dumb, like one-off ones, like wrist Hulk. When John did oh, yeah. uh, wrist Hulk, where he just only his wrist was green <laughs> like Hulk, <laughs> and he was saying like wrist man, wrist man, just sometimes those are the things that tickle That's me the, the most. Like, uh, oh, you know what? I I thought of the other day that Glazer did the guy. He he was just a parody of, of people climbing Everest, but he was a guy who was climbing the stairs in our studio. Oh, that was God. a Coleman, Michael Coleman's bit. Oh, I thought yeah, that, was that was yours. I, I, I think that was his idea. Okay. And I was just the guy because right. my right. beard was so huh. crazy thick at the time. Right. Unless he and I came up with it together. But I, I thought that All was right. Coleman. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I just. But maybe, I, I don't remember. know. Maybe maybe we were just talking about it together. I can't remember. No, I, I think I just assumed because I, I didn't remember the origin story of it and just it fun to do. started it. <laughs> it was I just, it like a Glazer-esque bit. Well, I just remembered another dumb bit uh, that John and McCann did where they were the Grammy winners for Yaz and Woes. So they were the guys who, they were, they were sitting with the band and they were the guys who won Grammys for going, yeah, a little bit of yeah and a whole lot of woe. Like, so they were the guys who won the Grammy for Yaz and Woes. That, I don't know if oh. you'd have to kind of oh, see it, but... Stack, didn't we? I mean, just the Ringo sitting with a band. Didn't we do a thing where we we played mm-hmm. tiny instruments? Yeah, we, you was, did a guy was that sitting in with the band. Like, didn't we have? Weren't you a tiny drummer? Yeah, I know we had you as a guy playing. One time, you had a really super small guitar that was incredibly right. tiny, and there was another one where you had a bent <laughs> guitar curved. where it was curved. <laughs> and one of my favorite things with these John bits would be when he'd be called on it, when Conan would be like, how how are you possibly playing a guitar that's curved like that? And he would just run rather than explain <laughs> right, that he right. would just run away. And uh, we also had John as a guy uh, in a mariachi kind of sleeves playing maracas. Uh, with like, and he's out there with the band the whole time, and it's like two thirds through the show, and Conan's like, "Max, you can introduce the guy who's been sitting in with the band all night." And he's like, "Oh, I thought you knew him, Conan." I thought, <laughs> and uh, and again, I was like, "Wait, sir, if if I didn't invite you and the band didn't invite you, <laughs> who are you?" And he just runs again, like just run. But it was those uh, are my favorite bits that, that can span through the whole show. Oh well, Conan was talking about a Glazer bit where you sat right. in with a real band with flaming, flaming, lips. flaming lips flaming lips and you didn't really play you pretended what? to be playing the bass but you just tuned it the whole time they're well, playing like know, the 
It was Is the that- thing, the, the way, yeah, the way that came about was, you know, it was, I had this idea about a bass player that just tries to be in the band. And we, we, uh-huh. we, we, we did a few of them. We recorded ones with, I think, Beck and Flaming Lips and then uh-huh. um, Sleater Kinney. Where ah. they, and we did it at rehearsal where I would just kind of show up like, all right, you guys, let's uh, let's do this. And they're like, who are you? I'm like, I'm, I'm just a bass player. Just a guy trying to ingratiate me in the band. <laughs> right, and they're right, like, the right. fuck out of here. Right. <laughs> and then from there, when the Flaming Lips were playing, they're like, oh, come be that bass guy. Just, you know, stand there. There's going to be all these people in costumes. So it just became a thing where I'm just tuning it and just chewing my gum and it was really fucking stupid. And if you watch the clip on YouTube, you can hear Conan go, you're an asshole at the end. Right. I love that. Very right. funny. Yeah, that was Halloween. I remember. That was Halloween. Oh, so wow. what happened was, you know, that was when, so Flaming Lips, they were Beck's opening band and then his band on that tour. Okay. And I went after, I went just to say hi after and say, oh, thanks. That was really fun. They, they said, oh man, you should come to the show tonight. They were playing at the Beacon Theater that night. Oh said, wow! You should come. You should come to the show and do that thing. But they were saying <laughs> it very conspiratorial, like they were gonna. It was gonna be a prank on Beck. I, I'm glad they didn't. I, I love they didn't know what tuning a guitar was. That thing you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that. But it was one of these things where I said, "Of course, it sounded really fun." Yeah. And so yeah. They, you know, they they got, they got us on the guest list to get in. So was it the Beacon or was it Radio City? It was the beacon. It was oh, okay. the beacon. Um, and so Leslie and I, my, my, my wife, we went to see the show. We're watching the Flaming Lips from the house. And then someone comes to get us when Beck starts. <laughs> so we watched wow. the whole Beck show from the wings. Yeah. And then they come off. And it was going to be for the encore. And that was uh-huh. it. So, okay. So the band comes off. I'm kind of like off to the side. So Beck doesn't see me, I guess. And then... Uh, they go running out uh-huh. and then they just hand me a guitar and the drummer says, just come stand right next to me. I was like, all right. So they go out. <laughs> it's uh, for the encore, which is devil's haircut. And we go out, they go out and then I go out and I'm right next to the drummer, just like doing the thing, tuning the guitar, just like I did on Conan. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then at some point, Wayne Coyne, the lead singer of the Flaming Lips, he's right. up at the front of the stage with Beck and he's like looking back at me and he's like going like, now I'm doing the bit. Wow. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this because I sure. feel like they haven't told him about this clearly. Oh, God. and it's one of these things where I feel like I don't know him. I don't know yeah. if they're fucking with him and he's going to be pissed mm-hmm. and I don't want to upstage his show. Like I'm really feeling super fucking nervous about it. Because I don't want, if he's pissed off, I'm like, ah, it wasn't my idea. I didn't know. Like, I just felt really uncomfortable, but I'm like, all right. So I start like inching my way up and he just keeps, so now I'm like next to Wayne Coyne and I'm just right like in the middle of a fucking stage. Like what you were saying, Stack, it's just this bizarre uh, experience to feel like this is what it's like to be a rock star. It's just, it's, it's pretty insane. And uh, on top of it, I'm just yeah. scared. I'm like, how's he going to react? So he finally, he's like playing and he looks and he sees me and yeah. he comes over and he just like, yeah, Beck comes over and he's clearly into it. He was totally, he like, he oh, does good. thing like we're, we're standing back to back. Like, <laughs> oh, awesome. Going. So he's doing that and I'm just doing my thing, pretending to tune it. 
<laughs> and, uh, uh, how cool. did you? I know. Speak of like, I wish there was video of that. Wow. Um, this is, you know, this is before smartphones and shit. So, but it was, was and then it? as soon as that was it, the stage manager comes and grabs me and whisks me off. That was it. <laughs> Violence. Wow. It was take so, <laughs> it was, so, he kind of did. I'm like, oh, is that part of it to look like it was supposed to be a thing? Or did he not know about it? Right. Like, I couldn't tell. Like, did, because it seemed like he was there and they all knew about it except Beck. So it was a really mildly weird thing, even at the end, but it was super fun. That's and I so do cool. have, Gary, you guys know Gary Wilms, right? Do you mm-hmm. remember Gary? Yeah. He yeah. has, like, he brought, because he was in a werewolf costume that day the Flaming Lips played. <laughs> and, um, of course. And then so and then they had all those people go to the show, the Flaming Lips show. So he was there uh, in with the costume, and then he brought like a like one of those Kodak disposable cameras. So I do right. have some really grainy picture somewhere in storage of oh, me that's cool. up on stage next to Beck. I have to find it. It's such a oh, good. Oh, that's great. They, yeah, that was great. pretty fun. I would have been. Were you like kind of looking at the audience to see if anyone was laughing? No, I was too deep into character. Just yeah, like, into, into tuning my gum, tuning my guitar. It was so fucking or, fun. Or booing again. Wherever Glazer, right. remember Glazer. They've got the on. batteries out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just get nailed. I love that for the Halloween show. I remember they they showed up and uh, I was playing a big furry monster with big ram horns and uh, claws. And they said, you just scratch, just come out and scratch on a washboard. And uh, so they had me scratch on a washboard. And then they told Gary to play a gong. So he was a werewolf playing a gong. And then when John came out, I love that you weren't even in any kind of costume. You were just dressed like a regular guy. I was just the the bass guy. I actually think I had a mustache like this. You did. I recall correctly. Yes, indeed. Uh, I was wearing this like knit cap and oh, God. So annoying. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah, the Beck yeah. thing was pretty fucking fun. That's surreal. Yeah. I can't believe nobody mentioned Reverend Otis K. Dribbles talking about comedy bits. <laughs> <laughs> one of our favorites. I, I was actually, Reverend Otis K. Dribbles Darryl is one Dawkins of the- favorite character. That's one of the bits that actually had me crying, laughing. <laughs> tears rolling down my face yeah. every time we did it. We did it like it's at least really, a couple times, right? <laughs> I know we did it more than once, two or three times. Like that's one of yeah. those bits where it's just, you know, if you try to talk about why the job is so good, that's that's why. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, because people who think that's funny can now have a have a job. <laughs> <laughs> There's a job it's for welfare. people that come up with yeah. that idea. Good to live in. Those are the bits that you'll like eight years later, uh, someone who's a young comedy writer who's like two years into a job on a staff will come up and go. And those are the bits mm-hmm. they always mention are just like those those really obscure, weird little things like that. Well, that makes me think of something where I remember I just started in response to hating all the celebrity driven bits. I just started submitting right. Gary Busey big teeth jokes. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Just, just for the fuck of it, and then, but then they all then made the show. They, they started getting on. <laughs> right. Something got on, and then Stack, you found this because <laughs> you would look at those message boards, and there was something like, and then I, and then the, and then one of the jokes was about how Gary Busey has big teeth, comma, or so the writers think. 
Gary Busey, close friend of Ringo Starr, who was just like, go. I'm not going to do Is your bit true? after you made fun of wow. friends. Uh, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> why he says no to everything. Take your trumpet and <laughs> shove it up your own teeth. <laughs> Yeah, they made fun of my friend Gary Busey. <laughs> Not just Gary, but teeth. his teeth. His teeth, teeth are, are absolutely normal. Teeth are normal. That's the yeah. line of teeth. <laughs> they went after his septum. Not even that big. Well, it was great to talk to you all. That was and, really and funny. Yeah, Thank great you. To yeah, talk great to, you guys. to see everyone. Yeah, take care. Yeah. Thank, see you for the next one. And, uh, Sean and Joanna, thank you for your help. Thank you to Brian Stack, Andy Blitz, and John Glazer, a.k.a. The Slipnuts, for joining us. Thank you, guys. And now it's time for a listener question. Yeah. Uh, Hey there, Jesse and Mike. This is Paul Bryan, tuning in from upstate New York. My question is about one of my favorite bits from the show, Wiki Bear. How difficult was it to get the various horrifying facts about the murderers and genocide through standards and practices? (laughs) Also... What poor soul was responsible for the research required to ensure that those macabre Mm -hmm. facts were accurate? I have really enjoyed the podcast over the past few years. I hope you both return to contribute to whatever madness Conan has in store for us next. (laughs) Uh, We hope so too, Paul. Yes, thank you, Paul Bryan. Uh, Wiki Bear is, uh, that that was... um, I, I mean, it was a toy product that came out around, I guess, 10 years ago. Yeah, a real product. It's it, kind of a Teddy Ruxpin. Right, but you could ask it questions and it would... Yeah. Add, it would the, the was whole, it a real product? It was. It, it was. I believe it was. Okay. And, um, and then uh, we just kind of had it go off on its own. It, kind of, it was kind of AI, a, a little ahead of AI. Um, uh-huh. If AII was only homicidal, uh, thought homicidal murders thought. <laughs> so Wikibear was, um, I, it was cooked up by Brian Stack and, and Todd, Todd Levin. Levin. And they wrote all of them together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it became an instant hit, which, you know, the downside to that is like more Wikibear. Yep. So. Well, I remember the first mm-hmm. time they rehearsed it. I, I think it, they kind of, because... Brian Stack would often improvise with Conan. Yes. He's he w- such a good improviser. He would do the voice. He would be in, he would be outside the building in the um, announce booth, which yes. was in our director's truck. So, so he wasn't even in the same room with Conan, but they no. were still improvising scenes together. Right. And I think that they really kind of landed on the murderous dark side of- In the Wiki rehearsal. Bear, in rehearsal. Yes. Yeah. And so, and that was really just based on- Brian Stack and Conan's personal knowledge of right. murder facts. Right, because then Conan, <laughs> I, I yes, Conan started suggesting stuff. I mm-hmm. think it was almost like, oh, hey, this isn't getting dark enough. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe Conan went to the Manson murders, or I'm yeah. not sure. It might be, you know what? It might be a um, scraps Oh, it's clip. probably a scrap, yeah. And then after that, kind of, that was the template Then they knew it. what it was, yeah. Yes. And then they, Todd, I'm assuming, and Brian would do the research right. to write it in advance. Right. So to answer Paul's question on that, I, the writers mm-hmm. would have the responsibility to kind of vet the real Through facts. Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And standards, I, I don't think standards and practices 
They, they don't care. They just care about sex. Yeah. So I know, isn't that so strange? Yeah. That's always the thing is you can't like you can't show a woman's nipple, but right. you can talk about violence. Violence all day long, all day long yeah. here in the United States. Mm-hmm. So uh so the, yeah, that wasn't a big issue. The the, the big thing was coming up with a, a one wiki bear after another because uh-huh. it became so popular. Yeah. And and that's hard to to vary it, but still have it, you know, have, have the, the same, same darkness. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And another big treat to all of them was, as you point out, the fact Brian Stack was doing it live. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the great master improvers you'll oh, ever yeah. see. And yeah. you, it's almost, I mean, I'm sure Conan would try to get him off the rails. Yes, yes. He those. would. Yes, Conan would like, you know, maybe like at the end, like kind of look doubtful or something or mm-hmm. just like, really? And just knowing that would prod Stack to kind of go off script and then yeah. be off to the races. <laughs> but I do, I also just love that it, because um, Brian's such a cheerful guy. Right. But then, you know, it is, he's also kind of got that dichotomy in him. <laughs> he's the darkest. He's a, hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I and know. It's So it is almost a personification of, Brian himself. It is. It is. Wiki Bear. I know. You kind of feel like he's getting to leech out all the dark side. Yeah. Doing it. And it <laughs> okay, I should be good for another month because I did a Wiki Bear. You I can, won't have to kill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the question, Paul. Yeah, thanks, Paul. And, uh, you know, if you have other listener questions, we'd love to get them. You can call us, leave a voicemail at 323-209-1079. Or email us. Inside Conan Pod at gmail.com. And you do this every time. I'm going to do it oh, this time. Shit. If you like the show, you can support us by rating Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, on iTunes and uh, leave us a review. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like the show, I don't know why you listen to the end of this episode. Hey, if you want to hate listen, that's your that, prerogative. That still counts for us. Yeah. Are we'll you take kidding the me? Listen. That's. That's the best kind of listening. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you for listening. And uh, once again, we would just like to sign off with, I guess, the most important message of all. We love you. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Our producer is Lisa Burr. Team Coco's executive producers are Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and Nick Liao. Engineered and mixed by Joanna Samuel. Our talent bookers are Gina Batista and Paula Davis with assistance from Maddie Ogden. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan or an enemy <laughs> on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Put on your hat, it's the Conan Show. Try on some spats, you're gonna have a laugh. Give birth to a calf, it's Conan! This has been a Team Coco production. 